Elvis, 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 Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Elvis, and two other people who want to make a lot of comments about what he used to do with his life. Welcome back to Elvis Has Left the Movies. My name's Morgan, and here's Matt. He's going to tell you a lot about the movie that Elvis was in today, and that movie is... Girl Happy from 1965. Wonderbar. So, first impression, how did you like the movie? I liked it. I liked it. I'm, it was I'm, fun. I'm hoping that this period that we're now entering, it kind of stays like this. Yeah. So, yeah, like they're not like the, you know, the greatest movies ever, but they're not so cynical and like a product of their time as much. They're more like loose and a little more fun and a yes, little more even though this spirited. very much is a product and we'll get into why. Oh, yeah. Specifically, oh, yeah. they're chasing some trends, multiple trends in this movie for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But besides that, though, it's just I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there, there's a lot of times that I laughed watching this movie. I laughed and, and there's a, a lot of sequences that really had me. Yeah, I think the bottom line is they're Elvis comedies that are actually they're, they're getting funny now. Like, yeah, they're actually <laughs> <laughs> like not unintentionally so, but like actually on purpose. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And then there's still the unintentional part. So it really it all balances out. Right. So um, synopsis of the movie. Do you have a synopsis per IMDb for us? According to IMDb, I have the synopsis. All right. It says a Chicago mobster hires a rock and roll singer and his band to keep an eye on his daughter during spring break in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yes, that's pretty much the gist of it. I don't think we need to go over the whole plot points. I think No, it's moving kind of forward, little... I've cued in that like we're really going to be breezing through this stuff more and if there's specific yes. scenes we'll talk about we'll talk about specific scenes but really we've in the past like taken a half hour just going through the plot and just so to talk yeah it's just not it's too much yeah. god and really you know if you're interested in it, watch the movie yourself sure Come on. do you want it do you want my bullet points that i could go real quick sure yeah elvis is rusty wells he sure is which rusty was of course and margaret's character's name in viva las vegas so now he's rusty kind of interesting but yeah rusty wells he has a band he talks the boss into sending them down to keep an eye on his daughter so yeah even though the boss is the one who sends him down it's him pulling little mind game being like well i don't yes, know you, yeah. you're gonna let your daughter down there with like ten thousand sex craved uh teens Ooh. yeah yeah so they're down to yeah. fort lauderdale and then even though they're like this is gonna be an easy job look at her she's all square but then oh no wait she's actually a babe uh-oh and then uh, yeah they're each trying to get with different girls and then eventually elvis catches feelings for her while trying to like you know chaperone her around and stuff and keep yes. her out of trouble yeah. and then there's of course the falling out in the third act but then they get back together and then yes daddy frank is like you know what i approve and everyone has every happy ending the yeah end. every, a happy ending it, that, and the ending did come kind of sort of out of left field and, and it happened really really quickly but i don't know that that was too much of a disservice like usually it's when a movie does that, you're like, oh, it's kind of like you, you ended a little too early. There's no time for the emotional resolution to set in. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, if you're watching Elvis movies to get your emotional fix, I think you're probably that time doing has it long wrong. passed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the movie's fun. A lot of chicanery, a lot of uh, uh, shenanigans. There's some pretty good like sequences of madcap yeah. like energy, um, which is great. Yeah, there are. They're really great. Yeah, I think my favorite is the boat scene. I was going to bring up the boat scene. The, oh, I loved that scene so much. That's what really sold me for the um, the main actress, actually. She's my favorite Elvis lady so far. And that scene, like, I was having fun because 
she just her laugh and like how easy breezy beautiful <laughs> she made it look yes. you know uh it was it was really fun really really fun yeah it's the boat scene and then also the elvis has to ping pong between the two girls one's outside on like that was i did like that too that's like some classic setup but like he's really good he's a good physical performer and like they're really starting to utilize it more yeah and they've they've done that gag before in another movie i can't remember which one it is and i think maybe it maybe it lasted a little too long perhaps but other than that it was actually so fun to just watch him Mm -hmm. he is very good like uh when he puts when he pours the champagne in the glass and then he puts it in in his pocket pocket. yes (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. I like to, uh, he pours the champagne and is trying to get it all out and dealing with it. And he finally goes and sits down with the other girl and there's no champagne left in the bottle. Yes. And it's just- At a, one point he really, just pours really it really on his hand because he doesn't have a glass in his, his hand. On his hand, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just-, just that, And the music yeah, the music in that scene really sells it because it's like, it, it like ramps up as the scene goes. Yes. So it's, it's helping yeah. to make the pace like, oh, whoa, whoa. That was the other thing about this movie. I, I actually did enjoy the music in this movie i found that it was a little more like cohesive as a full unit Mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of these songs in elvis movies seem like they just kind of get schlopped together at the last minute because probably they did and this one seemed like there was some kind of thematic thoroughfare that that they were following with with the songs right like some of the scenes some of the song sequences were literally like them almost talking about like what they're doing in the movie like that's yeah they're recapping something that we just watched or something like it's very much yeah it was written specifically for that and you could tell this time around yes yeah but no i i enjoyed the music there was also a few songs i don't know if anybody is watch or well i know matt's mom is watching along with these movies so i'll say it to her miss matt's mom did you notice that there's a song in this movie that is actually like almost it has the same chorus as another popular elvis song do you know what it is? No, I don't. Can you remember? Um, I can't remember what, what the name of the song in the movie is called, but the chorus that they pull from is um, the one where he's like, A team of wild horses couldn't tear me apart. I want to run my fingers through your lungs. Right. Hair. That chorus, A team of wild horses couldn't tear you apart, That the, the vocal line for that chorus is the same as the chorus for cross my heart hope to die i wouldn't tell you a lie that's song number seven yeah that that checks out yeah so that there's a bit in that song that's from another song which we've talked about before there's a lot of elvis songs where they kind of recycle a little bit um certain parts of songs and kind of smush them around same with i'm evil like there was this whole bit where she gets up on stage with elvis The, the meanest girl in town yeah the meanest girl in town yeah they pull some similar things right which is i don't i really don't mind when they do that sure because if it sounds like Elvis, then that's what I want to listen to. And if it reminds me of another song, I'm okay with that. You know, as long as they're not too cynical, I guess. Just go with the flow. Just feel the music, you know. Speaking of songs, though, while Matt is, I think, looking up some stats for our actors and actresses. Well, no, I was going to get into the music. The We're just going to keep going. Oh. Do you want to name the yeah, songs? Yeah, let's go with, yeah. Well, before that, though, sure. <laughs> I want to talk about another song, a song that I hate, but which has been stuck in my head since last week. And can you get what's the song that's been stuck in your head this past week, Matt? Do you have one? Um, <laughs> there's a song in that movie, and we hated it, but it's stuck in my head. It didn't get stuck week, in my head, thankfully, so I can't actually think. That's good. Well, for me, it was Little Frickin' Egypt, 
where he's oh, like, oh, really? Um, oh, no. <laughs> that was just stuck in my head all week. And just that part, too. And I, like, there was times I'd be in my house being like, yeah. And I'm like, what am I singing? And I'm like, she's got a ticket to ride. And I'm like, wait, no, no, it's Elvis. <laughs> it's the coochie, coochie, coochie song. It's the coochie, hotter than a coochie. God, just. Uh. Uh, so yeah, let's let's do the songs. Okay, there are thirteen in this one. That's too many. <laughs> I didn't notice though. I will say no. At least and like to be movie, fair, number thirteen is just many. the title song of "Girl Happy" again. Like they play it at the end, right. just as the beginning. So there's twelve songs. 12 I know. Songs technically, there even though it's listed here as being thirteen, it's twelve. Those people can't count. We know where the real counting man is at. It's right here in front of us. His name's Matt. So, Girl Happy. Is the t- I like the opening titles as well. Even We haven't talked about, like, credit oh, sequences yeah. too much. But, like, sequences, very yeah, classic 60s, it... like, bright color, yes. like, text, like, typography text, stuff. Bomp, bomp, bomp. Fun. Yeah, it's great. It, was, it was so engaging. Like, yeah, I was, I was really pleased to see that. Very 60s inspired. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, well, not as good as Soul Bass, but reminiscent of that like yeah. very cool visual striking typography. Because we're we're the like mid sixties, sixty five now, so that's a lot more of that yes, stuff yeah. is gonna. You'll notice too that uh, a lot of the dancing in this movie is actually go go dancing. Mm-hmm. It's no longer like jazz dancing. It's it's go go dancing now. Which at the time in the sixties, I didn't know this, but go go dancing was so popular that it was actually a school of dance that you could go and study in certain areas, sure. and people would hire go go dancers to fill up their clubs their movies anything like that they used to do all kinds of stuff but specifically for go-go dancing it was weird i'm very glad that go-go dancing went out of style by the way <laughs> as interesting a dance as it is i don't, I don't there's only so much you can do with it yeah it's a bit limited as far as uh the, yeah the moves. For sure. when i i mean so, you think of austin powers you think of the 60s and stuff like that's all you picture like in those little interstitials yeah and I will say too, though, like the go-go dancing in Austin Powers is nice. Sure, like it's, there's different. It's choreographed and it's like it's done a certain way. But if you watch a lot of like older movies, especially ones like these, which are B movies, and it's more casual, and the it's B a little bit more casual stands for beach because these are beach party movies, <laughs> which I will get into. It's a whole genre that yes, was in the Matt's 60s. Matt's very excited to talk about it. Yes, it's so weird. Um, so weird. <laughs> but anyway, you'll you'll realize like with a lot of the more casual types of dancing that go-go dancing doesn't look like the cool, like groovy, you know, oh I'm I'm swimming underwater right, or yeah, I'm yeah. doing the monkey. It looks more like ladies like flopping their heads back flailing. and forth and mm-hmm. having a convulsion on stage. It looks really bizarre. Strange stuff. It was it was twerking before twerking was a thing. It was like the, I was the thinking that twerk. when I was watching this movie, I was watching some of these girls dance, and I was like, my gosh, these poor ladies would just be appalled to see what twerking is. <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd really lose it, I think. So, right, the opening title track yes. is... Is, is girl, happy. girl happy and then once the plot gets in motion we've set up like go you know look after my daughter yes we got the band yes. going and Alice they're... is driving a car and, yes it is the opening <laughs> sequence <he's> <laughs> the ladies are driving a car the boys are driving a car and they're each singing parts of the song it's spring fever yeah that's fun i thought that was fun right with the call and response style singing mm-hmm. then we have an interesting song once they're settled into the hotel yes i love that the song. fort lauderdale chamber of commerce the fort lauderdale <laughs> i thought that was really funny 
<laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Which is him ostensibly laying out the laws of what you can and can't do. Yeah, when you're in Fort Lauderdale, if you're a guy, you've got to be without a shirt. If you're a girl, you've got to be in a bathing suit. Little silly things like that, right? Yeah. But it was fun. And a little sidebar on that, even though this is a beach party movie and there's even a scene of Elvis water skiing, he does not go shirtless in this film. I know. And apparently he does not go shirtless for the rest of his career from this point onwards. Why? He, I don't know. Maybe things are not going so well. I, I, I remember, <laughs> maybe, like, he. I remember him water skiing and he has, like, this windbreaker on. On top of, like, a shirt. Like, on top of that. Yeah, it's, like, double shirt. layers. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, well, what's why, why is that happening? <laughs> Strange. It's a really bright neon mm-hmm. orange shirt. A lot shirt of, yeah, the, the colors are very vibrant. Yeah, we're really, like, they're, they're really pumping up the chicanery with the palette, you know? It's really getting out of control. Then we get two back-to-back songs because, of course, while they're staying at the hotel, they're also employed as the hotel's band, band for like yeah. nightly entertainment. So they sing "Starting Tonight." Yeah. And then after they're done with that, someone the in the crowd call. says, "Yo, wolf call! Do wolf call!" Yeah, I didn't really like those two. I was like, "Nah, whatever." Kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. But the wolf call is when we introduce the first object the, of the other girl Elvis's eyes, his desires at first, yeah. Dina, the bad girl. Yes. Yeah. We have to, because we do, because these are the movies that how they work. We have to lump them into the two categories. Yeah. There's the good girl and the bad yeah, girl. Yeah. She's If she's available and she's <laughs> hearty and emphatic, then she's a bad girl. She <laughs> If she has too much emotion. Although I will say in this one, this, this chick does have too much emotion. Do you remember the scene? She literally is like throwing bottles at Elvis's head. Oh, yeah. She gets real <laughs> and I'm mad. Like, like we're, we're literally watching spousal abuse. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird to think that like I think it's probably still is today in some areas, but it's weird to think that there was a time where it was considered n- maybe almost normal, you know, for a lady to behave that way mm-hmm. and like throw shit and scream and yell and whatever. That that was something that <laughs> was oh yeah, she's real mad and it's like, dude, she's abusing you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know women, they get hysterical. Wah, wah. Yeah, it's like, okay. Yikes. <laughs> Jesus. Yikes. <laughs> so yeah, then he so he tries to make the moves on her first, and we have Do Not Disturb. Yeah. Oh, you know, that was, yeah. Take the phone off the hook and uh, try not to, yeah, no distractions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that one was okay. I don't remember the, the actual song, yeah. so I guess it was forgettable, but it wasn't. Like most of these songs, even if they're forgettable, they're not like obtrusive. No. Like Little Egypt, for instance. And they are pretty well spaced out. There's like some, yeah. They they have like a full crazy madcap sequence happen in between musical numbers. So yeah, it's not just like I think they they did a good job pacing on this one. I I hope all the, I wish all the movies could be as good as Wild in the Country, but I hope that the rest of the movies are at least as fun to watch as this one. That's my hope. Yes. I'm one movie ahead of Morgan. I watched Tickle Me for for next week, and yeah, I let her know it's that very good. it is it's fun. Yeah, it is at least as fun as this one in different ways, which is nice. Yes, yeah. Then there's Cross My Heart and Hope to Die. I like that song a lot. Yeah, I really actually liked that one. I thought the chorus was really interesting. It gets bluesy, a like bit, a yeah. lot of the music in this soundtrack has that hint of some otherness to it that isn't just the standard i'm elvis and i'm technically country but i'm also rock and sometimes i steal music from black people and that's why i sound so specific but these ones some of them had a little bit more bluesy a little bit something different or jazzy almost sometimes Mm -hmm. and that was nice i was on board for that that we got the meanest girl in town yes yeah 
forgettable, but... Which I have a note on in that it was actually... Yeah? Yeah. The song Meanest Girl in Town was one of the only songs not composed for this movie, actually. Oh, interesting. It had been written for Bill Haley and the Comets and recorded by them in 64 under the title, Yeah, She's Evil. Oh, interesting. So, Hmm. but kudos to them. It worked well to be incorporated into this, like pretty seamlessly. Yeah, they did a good job. Uh, Then we got I Got News For You, which is the (laughs) scene at a club where we have this dancer who comes out to do a little routine. She's dressed in a newspaper. Yes. And she peels off the pieces. Yeah. She, yeah. (laughs) The dancer is really fun, by the way. I I really enjoyed her. I think they gave her this kind of personality to, to actually make a jab at her and be derogatory towards her as a character. Like just the, how should I explain her, um, her manner of speech and the way she talks mm. to the men, especially, is a social cue to let the audience know that she's a kind of like a loose woman. She's kind of, you know, a little bit wayward. Right. But it actually reads as a lot more fun for me. I like the part where she's like dancing is just like bettering yourself. It's like learning how to play the piano. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah, she's got a she's great got attitude. A good, uh, yeah, good cut of, uh, what, what do they say? I like the cut of your jib. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of impression I got from her. Then we have maybe my favorite. Oh, yeah? Just for sheer like, oh, wow, we're doing this. It's Do the Clam. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did not like Do the Clam. <laughs> I, 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 that was, <laughs> I can see why you like it. <laughs> we went so far into like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is it. We reached that part, and I was like, okay. Well, okay, because I was, I was saying earlier how this is a beach party movie, and that is like for yes, sure yeah. the most beach party movie scene. Yeah. I think I was struggling with it because I was getting Blue Hawaii like flashbacks mm. and just being like, oh, no. I was worried the rest of the movie was going to just like crumble under the weight of this one <laughs> beach song. He didn't kick any sand at anyone. Yeah. There was sand, but he wasn't going out of his way to kick it at people. So that <laughs> was bad. Yes, yeah. I do like that they like the clam is not a freaking dance. No, they're just, just this is just not a you're, you, they this literally is not a thing. were trying to do like to make a dance. They're trying to make a thing popular, and they did a bad job. And I feel very bad for them because that's just so embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, why the clam to start with? I don't that's know, right man. off the bat. That's not a good. It's s- just like I know structure. I know it. You know it. But the sixties <laughs> were a different time, man. Fucking people couldn't tell their elbows from their assholes or whatever. <laughs> we were under time constraints man we got to make this movie we got to make it now so like <laughs> yeah. you could have called it anything else the seaweed do the starfish yeah do, do the starfish <laughs> do fucking anything else except the clam dig in deep and do the clam mm-hmm. oh god see it's catchy though oh, it's catchy oh, that's god. the one that's gonna be stuck in your head next week it's gonna replace it better uh, not be better not be. okay then we get maybe the most successful song to come out of this which was a puppet on a string yes i did know that song i was listening to it too and i was like i'm so certain that i've heard this song before but i couldn't tell for sure so i'm glad to hear that yeah that it was indeed a very popular song it only reached number 14 on the billboard 100 yeah it's one of those songs that like there's some songs that like you'll listen to elvis your whole life and then you'll listen to a song and you'll be like oh Okay, I'll forget that probably because <laughs> it sounds it's it's one of those songs that does sound like another song. I can't remember which one it is though. Off the top. Well, of when it was released as a single, the B side was "Wooden Heart" from GI Blues, ah, which makes sense. That's a good thematic pairing. Yeah. But also, yeah, up here in Canada, it actually reached number three. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. 
in a, in a 10 week chart run Damn. in November of 1965. It's pretty sweet. And in March of 92, the single was certified gold in the US. Oh, wow. So, Neato Torpedo. There you go. Yeah. Then there's two more songs. Oh, okay. Well, there's only there's one more song and then there's Girl Happy once again. And then yeah. the title track. Yeah. Uh, which is So yeah, I've got to find my baby. Yes. Just yeah. the classic like got to get her back. Yeah. Oh no. Misunderstandings. Yeah. Whoop-a-doop. Yeah, so the songs were pretty pretty okay. I'm going to give it a solid B. Sure. Maybe a B minus, but you know, above C for sure. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Now what? Do you want to hear about beach party movies? Yes, yes, yes. Let's Okay, let's let you go. Go on, Matt. Okay. Let's hear it. So there was this company called AIP, American International Pictures. Okay. And there's two things they were doing in the 60s around this time. They were making Edgar Allan Poe adaptations with Vincent Price, so like Pin in the Pendulum and The Raven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they were making beach party movies. That's a bizarre combo. That is such a wildly different... Hold on to your hat. Okay. Because in the first beach party movie from 1963, yeah. they have Vincent Price have a cameo so he can shill for his upcoming movie, which was going to be The Haunted Palace at the time. That is so bizarre. They were thinking ahead of this cross-marketing strategy, and no one else was doing this at the time, which is pretty amazing. Oh. Because they, they were an independent studio. Oh. Which is probably also why they're, you know how we were talking about the bikinis in Kissing Cousins there, how they were all weird? Like, no, not anymore. These yeah. are like actual bikinis and we were seeing belly buttons all up in the place. Well, we didn't see a lot of them. We only, I think we only actually saw, because I was looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan's saw... eyes glued to the screen. Where are they? Well, cause, because he said that last episode, he was like, no belly buttons. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. So every time I see them in bikinis now, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Where's the belly buttons, though? And there was only like two of them in this movie. I can only think off the top of my head of like two times that I actually saw somebody's belly button. That's fair. I might be because they're melding a bit in my brain. There's more in Tickle Me. There's more belly buttons to be ah, to be seen in Tickle see. Me as well. More bikinis. Yeah, I'm happy that the bathing suits are starting to get a little bit more structure. To look like and a little bit more suits, yeah. integrity. Yeah, that's nice. You know, as as much as I'm a fan of classic 60s fashion, some trends were meant to die. Yes. And diaper bottom bums, I think, <laughs> were one of those trends. But going back to Beach Party, 1963's Beach Party was a surprise hit. Right. But it was a huge hit. Wow. And so they know a good thing when they see it. So they just started pumping out. And they made technically in the <laughs> official, and I can't believe I have to say this as a thing, the official Beach Party canon, there are seven films. Okay. But there was also some spinoffs. There was at least three movies that were made that are technically beach party movies, but they just transposed the location to the slopes. It's a ski party. Oh my God. So okay. switch out the sand <laughs> for snow and voila, but the, otherwise the exact same. <laughs> okay. And the same day this movie came out, April 14th, 1965, was the premiere of the fifth out of seven beach party movies, Okay. which was called Beach Blanket Bingo. Oh my God. That's yes. bad. That's and because bad I could, yes. and I did, uh-huh. I watched that movie as well. Oh, no. <laughs> just to see. Okay. okay. Because technically, out of the seven, it's actually the highest rated. Okay. But does it have blankets and or bingo? Yes, it does. Oh, my God. Just like Do the Clam in the the opening title track of Beach Blake and Bingo tries to make this like a thing. Okay. Starting with... and. The, I should say the Beach Party movies are a lot more like gag focused, a lot more like... Yes. Beach Blanket Bingo has Buster Keaton like as a special like guest Buster star. Buster Keaton for real. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. Because he was still doing this stuff, the Pratt Falls and the whole shebang right. in the 60s. He appeared in an episode of The Twilight Zone even. Wow. But he's got his hat and everything and his, you know, stone face and he's doing all kinds of gags uh-huh. in between different scenes. 
And the element they added to this to differentiate from the other beach party movies is that all the beachgoers get obsessed with skydiving. So that's the new element they bring in. So we got surfing and skydiving, which of course wouldn't uh-huh. be seen as a combo until Point Break in 1991. Oh, right. Right. Um, yeah, I remember But this break. movie did it first, apparently. Yeah, okay. So I feel bad that you had to watch that because it sounds like a really bad movie, to be honest. It wasn't as good as... I didn't have as much fun as Girl Happy. Right. But there were a few scenes, so I'll just highlight some stuff. There's one song in it because, of course, it's just as filled with songs as an Elvis movie is. So it makes sense that right. they're like wait a minute, why don't we just put Elvis in a beach party movie? What the hell are we doing? And they did. Because <laughs> the trend technically ran from 63 when that first beach party movie came out to 68. Okay. So it was a very short trend, but they pumped out a bunch of movies in that time. Right. And so there's a part where one of the songs was like, it only hurts when I cry. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, it's sung in the movie at one part, and it keeps cutting to this one dude in the crowd, like a close-up, and he's just got like tears just streaming down his face. Oh my god, that is so awkward. It keeps cutting back, and I'm just like, what is going on here? But then it cuts back to him like the third time, the rule of three, and then it pans down, and he's just got like a giant bowl of onions that he's cutting. Oh my god. Yeah, this is the kind of like, they're throwing all kinds of weird gags at you. That is so bizarre. It is what it is. Yeah. If it's the best that the series has to offer, I'm like, okay, well, I don't actually need to watch any other Beach Party movies, but... I just, I think, Matt, for you personally, you might want to take a moment in your life just to give yourself some appreciation for doing the hard dirty work that none of us want to do which is to go in and watch movies that really nobody needs to watch (laughs) we really appreciate you doing that for us matt (laughs) it's like we're here on the elvis movie podcast and i'm like yeah but what if i watched more movies that don't even have (laughs) elvis in them that sounds like a good idea that's what I do with my weekends. You're out of control. <laughs> this is an intervention. Yes. Last note, I just want to say, so like the Beach Party films all have the same casts mostly. Right. And the two leads were Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wait, also, yeah. Don Rickles is in this movie. Uh-huh. Famous, you know, like roaster extraordinaire. He would just like insult comic, you know? Right. And so he's playing a character in most of these Beach Party movies, but for Beach Blanket Bingo, he's the the guy who owns the skydiving school okay. to learn how to like jump out yeah. of planes. But there's one scene where there's just like a little get together uh-huh. and he just breaks character and he just is Don Rickles and he starts just like riffing and roasting everyone in the room. <laughs> he's like, Frankie, how many more movies are you going to do? You're like pushing 40. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> They're just letting him just do this for like a scene. Like there's just like off script. He's just going after like all the different actors. Oh my gosh. So that was that a pretty nice kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. That's Beach Blanket Bingo. It wasn't as fun as Girl Happy, but it has some weird moments and it is integral to talking about the beach party movies as a genre. Right. They were super popular. I mean, <laughs> we know how the teens were with all the dumb Elvis movies in the 60s. So yeah. I guess the idea was, the appeal was, there's like never any parents in these movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Or if there's like an authority figure, they're like, you know, not in the mix. Right. This is, you know, we're just free and doing all we want to do. They're teens slash college kids, depending on like what age range we're yes. looking at here. Yeah. And so it is with Girl Happy. Yes. Also true. Can we, uh, this one thing I want to talk about is a little bit off topic before sure. we get into, I guess, the actors and the directors and the people responsible for this lovable catastrophe, I think is the best phrasing for this movie. It's fun to watch because it's also... A bit of a trash fire. (laughs) In a good way. Yes. It's wholesome trash fire. Warms you in the inside, not on the outside. (laughs) 
But one of the scenes that really stuck out to me, there's always a couple of scenes in most of these Elvis movies where you get to see some real like weird shit Mm. as it relates to how people treated women back in the day. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was this concept that the hotel that they were staying at, that if you were a girl and you booked a hotel room, you weren't allowed to have men in your hotel room. Yes. And I find that really interesting to know. I mean, I'm sure... I'm not like ignorant of the fact that it was probably true, but it's just interesting in how we think about hotels today. Mm -hmm. We pretty much have the understanding that hotels are either used for business people or are used by couples who literally like don't have anywhere else to go probably or want to go to a hotel to experience the hotel atmosphere Mm -hmm. or or whatever. Like hotels are for, you know, boinking in now. That's how we understand them. It's like, what do you do in a hotel? You boink. You get drunk with a bunch of group of people and maybe all those groups of people boink at the same time. But that's just like, I think how most people understand the idea of hotels, right? So it was really, really wild to see that, you know, not only could women at this time in the 60s like live alone with a man that she wasn't married to. There was a lot of landlords and such that they wouldn't rent to you if you were a single man and a single woman. You weren't allowed to to rent. Mm. And it's weird to see that that was extended into the hotel atmosphere. I'm just really, I don't know. That threw me for a loop. I was really interested in that. There's a scene where they actually are going to kick the girls out of their room for having a boy in their hotel. Yes. Just wild to me. Because the main hurdle that Elvis has to keep trying to yes. get over is that He's there's a... there's an Italian. We got another Italian, hot-blooded Italian, hot lips yeah. Italian, <laughs> as they keep saying. Uh, once again, an actual Italian actor. Ah, good. Surprisingly, That's they've nice. been really good about the the Italians. <laughs> out of anything else, they're like, yeah. if we're going to have an Italian, we got to cast an Italian. God forbid we cast anyone else as an Italian and just have them do an yeah. accent. <laughs> we could do that with anyone else, but yeah, for some reason, we really Italian. don't want to offend the Italians. But yeah, he's the one who is trying to woo Valerie. Yeah. So Elvis steals his girlfriend in the beginning. Yes. Dina. Yeah, Dina. She's originally with this guy. And then Elvis steals her away. And then he starts hitting on the girl that Elvis is supposed to be chaperoning. And so the rest of the movie is basically spent trying to ward this guy off of her and keep her away from him. Yeah, including the do the clam scene where two of his bandmates just roll that guy up into a carpet and like shove him somewhere. Yeah, I, they don't. They also don't express like where they shoved him. Like he just disappeared. For a while. They're just like, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roll him up, put him away. But this scene with the hotel room, he's with Valerie, but it turns out he's also with her two girlfriends as well. Like they're all in the room yes, together. Yeah. But then Elvis is like, uh, where's the manager? I got to express my disapproval of you running a business like yeah. this and stuff. And then it turns out they were just playing bridge. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And then he's, he, now he has to, he's like, oh crap, I can't let them get kicked out. So then Elvis has to talk the manager into letting them stay, even yeah. though he was just like, weren't you just there's complaining? A, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of turn of phrases mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and double talking and stuff like that, which is actually really fun to watch. Yes. A lot of the time it, it's kind of like, it drags on a bit too much in some of the other movies, but I think it, it went well. They're getting better at pacing it and keeping it quippy yeah. and quick. And that is helping it feel like, like it moves fast. Yeah. It goes. Chris was watching this alongside of me, but not really like watching, watching. But one of the things that he said specifically about the scene where the guys are like, oh, we have to, we're going on our dates and Elvis can't go on his date because he has to chaperone (laughs) the other girl. And he must be so sad. And then they keep switching to clips of Elvis and the girl having a really lovely time together. And it is quite funny because the timing is really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, what Chris was saying is that it was very much like a YouTube video edit. Yeah. Probably that's why. 
that's so just do that that hard cut idea of humor into yeah. it and then like boom <laughs> that's how it felt <laughs> yes so um who's responsible for this movie well i just want to talk more about my favorite let's go back to the boat scene okay just to, it's great it's great <laughs> Just to, yeah. for the setup is that this is another scene where so the Italian has taken Valerie back to she's lo- yeah he's he's looking her up she's she's drunk as a skunk yes he's taken her back to a secluded place and he um, he gets her to go under the deck into the more secluded area and does a really creepy like nobody's watching me nah and then like like <laughs> pushes her under the deck which i thought was really creepy and gross yes and then um the boys come and hook up the trailer to the boat and then they start joyriding the trailer with the boat attached to it all around town and there's just this really long sequence where like going and weaving through yeah. traffic and just he's getting smashed around a lot of property damage and, yeah and, yeah he's getting all covered in like condiments and stuff is flying all over the place <laughs> and, and she's the giggling her head off laughing. yes, yes she's having so much fun and, uh, yeah, and then I they really put the scene. boat into the pool of the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> and when she and then she gets out and she's like, oh, thanks for bringing me back home. And she steps off onto yeah. the diving board. It's great. Oh, yeah. man, that's fun. Yeah, I think so. They did a really good job. It was really funny. It was enjoyable to watch. Okay. So let's talk about the director who we can thank for yes. doing this. So this yeah. is a new director who we haven't had in a previous Elvis movie. Does he come back? No, unfortunately not. Uh... I know. I know. Okay. Boris Segal. Yes. Who actually directed 1963's Dime with a Halo, which was that movie about the oh, street urchins in Mexico yeah. and the betting. Yeah. So we've actually talked He's about back. that movie. He's back. Okay. And he also directed the classic Charlton Heston 1971 movie, The Omega Man, oh. which was the second adaptation of I Am Legend that was attempted after uh, Vincent oh. Price's The Last Man on Earth. I see. He's also the father of Katie Segal, who is an actress who is ah. best known as Peggy from Married with Children. Nice. Yeah. And also the voice of Leela from Futurama famously right and i actually watched a brief snippet she was like on howard stern or something and she was talking about how she, she was brought to the set and she got to meet elvis you know oh. so dad made movies and so he would bring her to movie sets and oh was... so nice yeah before we get to the writers we're going to talk about the cinematographer okay this is another like new guy we haven't had him before okay philip lathrop okay he actually worked as a camera operator mm-hmm. for a while and he was a camera operator with russell meddy and he helped shoot the opening big long tracking shot of touch of evil in 1958 and he earned nominations this is very weird okay so remember when we were talking about the wardrobe guy don feld yeah the guy was yeah and we specifically said that he was nominated for days of wine and roses and they shoot horses don't they yes yeah this is the cinematographer of specifically days of wine and roses and they shoot horses don't they wow Weird. Super strange. Yeah. Because I was looking at him and I was like, why have I literally seen this pairing of these movie titles before? Oh, we were talking about a costume guy, but this is the cinematographer. It's completely unrelated. That's so strange. It's weird. Okay, so the writers. Yeah. They were a duo. They wrote a lot together. Harvey Bullock and R.S. Allen. Okay. They wrote the 36th Annual Academy Awards in 1964, the year before this movie came out. All right. Because you have to have writers for those ceremonies. And they right. this was their only crack at it, but it was very interesting. Okay. And they wrote the screenplay for the 1966 feature film, The Man Called Flintstone, which kind of served as a series finale to the original Flintstones cartoon. Oh, weird. And it was also obviously a parody on The Man From U.N.C.L.E. Like it was like a spy spoof oh, with Fred Flintstone. That's bizarre. Strange. That's so strange. Especially since, as we know, Flintstone is Hanna-Barbera. We talked about Hanna-Barbera with that other guy a while back as the director. Yeah. That's weird. So that's that. That's really much all I had for them. I mean, they had some other things. That is strange. Those are the ones that jumped out. Okay. Alternate titles. All right. So the movie is called Girl Happy, but also they were going to call it Girl Crazy. Right. Which, let me take a pause because 
All right. So the same year as this movie, 1965. Yeah. Because one of the actors who's in this is also in this movie. That's why it will all come full circle, I swear. Okay. There was a movie called When the Boys Meet the Girls. Right. And that was based off of a 1930 musical called Girl Crazy. Okay. And was a remake of MGM's own adaptation from 1943, Girl Crazy. Well, it's a good thing they didn't call it Girl Crazy. That would have been way more confusing. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that was a factor where they're like, let's go with Girl Happy. That's Yeah. Makes sense. That's probably what it was for sure. Other title considered, though, The Only Way to Love. That sounds kind of lame. Yeah. But released in various countries as Crazy About Girls. <laughs> so we still also kind of have yeah. like an element yeah. there. Right. Anything you want to throw out? Just that I really like the actress. Okay. Well, let's talk about it then. Yeah. Let's talk about the people. Great segue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning. So, yeah. Main co-star, Shelley Fabre. Yeah. She, so she's going to be in a few more Elvis movies with us. She holds the record. She is the lead romantic interest in three Elvis movies. I'm so pleased to hear that because I, I really enjoy her performance, at least in this movie. I wonder if it, it's not going to have a lot more to do with directors and, and other screenwriters Could and be. such. But something about her performance in this movie anyway was really charming. Like, hmm. I'm in love with this girl, you know. A lot of the other Elvis ladies, as fabulous actresses as they are and as much of their credentials as they may have, they tend to just be cast as pretty little side pieces. And this girl is no different. There's always going to be that kind of cynicism when you're looking at an Elvis movie when it comes to the female leads. But she was the one that I've enjoyed the performance of the most, hands down. Mm -hmm. Other than Wild in the Country, which was a completely different kind of movie. I don't want to compare them, but she's my favorite for sure. And they make a point of saying like she's reading music theory stuff, right? Because she's... Yes, yeah. She's a student. She's a student. Yeah. And right, because there's the one side character who's like the, you always have to have the nerd because like I said, they're really all hitting yeah, all the tropes like the Beach Party movies. And he's like, I'm yeah. just looking for a girl with a brain. I am a Poindexter. Mm. And you know what I did like? I did like that she humored him. Yes. I, I think they were trying to be more cynical with it, but actually it just came off as, as really nice. It was like, oh, well, that's very nice. And then he ends up with a dancer at the end. And he's like, you know what? I changed yes, my he mind. Ends up with a dancer. <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, a little cynical, but that was fun, too. Sure. I thought, oh, that's funny. That's, you know, let's give him that one. May as well. So other than the two Elvis movies that she's going to be in in the future, the year before this, she was in Ride the Wild Surf from 1964. So she's a beach flick lady. Yes. That one is closer to like a, a more of a drama, but still fits more or less within the beach party mold. <laughs> then we got, so that's Valerie Frank. Then we got her dad, Big Frank. Yeah, who's he? He looks really familiar. So he's Harold Stone. Okay. And he played David in Spartacus. No, I've never seen Spartacus. Okay. Well, do you know the famous I'm Spartacus scene? Um, no. Really? I don't think I do. Okay. Well, long story short, Kirk Douglas is the titular Spartacus. I see. And near the end, the Roman dudes come in and they're like, uh, we'll I let you they're, all... They're like, who's Spartacus? Yeah, you're like, we'll like, let you guys I'm go Spartacus. free if you give us the body, dead or alive, of Spartacus. And Kirk yeah. Douglas, to like save his friends, is about to like give himself up. But then... There's Tony Curtis on his right, yep. who jumps up first and says, I'm Spartacus. And then yep. there's Harold Stone as David on his left. So he's that other dude that's oh, in that scene. I see. And then it goes and goes. And then Kirk Douglas sheds a single tear because he's like, oh, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's pretty great. He's in a really good, this is a fun, classic sci-fi B-movie. He plays Dr. Sam Brandt in X, the man with the X-ray eyes from 1963. <laughs> he's not the titular doctor who gets the X-ray eyes, but... Oh, that's funny. A, that, that movie's pretty cool, actually, for being so dumb. Yeah? 
Because, like, what happens is he can't, after a certain point, he starts seeing further and further, like, past the spectrum of vision. And it turns into, like, cosmic horror in the end almost. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You think it's all dumb. And at first he's like, oh, I can see through clothing and stuff. But then he's like, he can't sleep because he can see through his own eyelids. And he he has to start wearing special glasses. Right. And it's like, it goes. And I'm like, damn, you know what? Cool. Kudos. Sometimes weird science B-movies, they usually have something. Yeah, they make up for the, like, budgetary constraints by actually having, like, really smart yeah. writing. Or, they, like, they take the concept. Yeah. So let's move on to his bandmates. And let's also make a note of this. Okay. So in this movie, because, uh, you know, solo singers were starting to fall out of favor because the Beatles were hitting yes. the scene and bands were big now. Big boy bands. The British invasion. Yep. It's happening. So they say, okay, we're going to pair Elvis with these three other dudes and they're going to be part of a band. Yeah. I don't mind that no, because, no. like, I don't like the band specifically, but it's just nice as a framing device for explaining why everybody has such good choreography mm-hmm. and why everybody knows the lyrics to the song. And it's because they're a band and not because sure. they're just, like, abject musicians. And it's nice to pair Elvis with more male co-stars yes. that aren't, like, just there to get beat up. I agree. Although, one of the things that I want to point out, and I- I'm not trying to be mean here, but All right. the... Other band players are maybe not the most attractive young men that you might find in a situation like this. And I have to wonder if that wasn't on purpose because they didn't want anybody looking as good as Elvis, right? That's probably fair as much as it's a bummer. Right. And on the other hand, it could also be there's this thing that used to happen in older movies and does still today where a lot of male leads and male counterparts would be cast as like when we have male leads today we've got like jake gyllenhaal brad pitt so the point is like today's male actors are just really drop dead gorgeous and super smoking right but there was a time previous to that that actors didn't have to be super attractive to get into film and to be good actors and that's the thing they used to allow character actors to be like leads in movies yes yeah but the reason for that is because there was this was popular in a lot of bollywood movies they make the men specifically less attractive than the female leads mm. and it's because they want men watching these movies to believe that the type of women they deserve to have is a 10 out of 10 supermodel and it's to boost their ego and on the flip side of that it was of course a a shite thing to do because the suggestion was as a result of that to women that the type of attractive man they should look for are the guys from Elvis's band (laughs) right so I don't know if it was that they just wanted Elvis not to compete with other guys or if it was they were doing this kind of old cynical casting routine maybe it was both just thought i'd put that out there i don't know fair enough they're fine they're just yes. you know and in fact the main they're standing next to elvis yes you know? i know so you you get so there's three of them and did you notice that in the score, in the music, yeah. anytime it was just the three of them having their own scene, the tune is the melody to Three Blind Mice. That's Yes, I did know that. Yes. Yeah. At first I was like, wait, am I hearing things? But then it happened a few more times <laughs> and they were like even making reference to mice at some point. I'm like, okay, now they're really- Yeah, Dina. Dina, Dina says- Dina said them, Yeah. Or no, uh, not Dina, the, the good girl. Valerie. She comes out of jail and she's like, if it isn't the three blind mice. Or she calls them the Mouseketeers. Yes. Yeah. 
Musketeers. So Andy yeah. is the one who gets the most to do out of the three, other than like Elvis. Okay. He's the one who, who has a lot of like talking back and forth with Elvis. And he's played right. by Gary Crosby, son of Bing Crosby. Yes. He's the one who wrote that memoir that detailed mm-hmm. all the uh, abuse the, the, and stuff. Yes, and so that's how we know yeah. that Bing Crosby yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Which we've talked in the past. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's like two decades too late, but let's give a, not a round of applause, but uh, f- for telling that story, for even telling people something like that and putting that out there. It's a very brave thing to do. It's an exceptionally brave thing to do. So yeah. I'm glad that he did. Yeah. So he had only really started appearing in movies and things around this time. Mm-hmm. He's actually in, it wasn't the last episode aired, but the last episode produced of the original Twilight Zone, Oh, which I always like to think of because the actual, the final aired one is like really bad. It's maybe one of the right. worst episodes. <laughs> so I always like to think of this as the actual series finale, even as much as it's an anthology. So there's not really, um... it was an episode called Come Wander With Me. Mm. And he plays a young singer songwriter who's looking for a, a new song. And he hears this haunting melody being oh, sung in the woods. Yeah, this girl. I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a, that's a good one. It's a really interesting one. So, little trivia. That was the, It was the third to last aired, but it was the, th- the last one produced. So, I always think of that as the last episode. Very cool. And Who's next? I will. I got to finish one last thing about Gary Crosby. All right. To desensitize you, because eventually I think this is going to work out in your favor. Okay. So, he was in <laughs> season three, episode three. No. Of the, the Flying Nun in 1969. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> and that's all I'll say. I'll just... Eventually, eventually you'll have heard it enough times that I think you won't... Why? 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 <laughs> She's like away from the mic now, just wailing. All right, I'm good. Moving on. The other band member is named Wilbur. He's played by Joby Baker. He was born in Montreal, Quebec. He's Canadian. Oh. Here's a little... Let me keep pulling threads because you know I love it. All right. He, I know you like it. His first wife, who he was briefly married to, was Joan Blackman. Yeah. Co-star with Elvis. How briefly? From 1959 to 61. So while she was That's filming- very brief. Yes. But while she was filming Blue Hawaii, yeah. they were married. And she made two oh. movies with Elvis, of course, Blue Hawaii and Kid Galahad. Okay. And then, you know, a few years later, he would co-star with Elvis in Girl Happy. It's just a weird thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. So he was the one that the same year as this movie coming out, he was in When the Boys Meet the Girls. Okay. Which is not a beach party movie, but kind of. Right. Like I said, it was based on an old musical, but I think they introduced a bit more like beach party elements. Okay. Because you really couldn't get away from this genre, apparently. Yeah. I think there was just like a, like we've, we've said before on the show, you know, the film industry was going through a really weird transitionary stage where the marketing practices and how they thought to do what movies they did was getting a little capitalist i mean it always was but now it's getting like super capitalist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that probably had a lot to do with and it. the last thing of note for him yeah uh he was the lead in a one season 26 episode show called good morning world where he was like huh. part of a duo they were like disc jockeys and it was just about like a radio station oh i i think i've heard of that yeah maybe yeah it was just like this short-lived but that was actually the media debut of goldie hahn she was a co-star in that show. Oh. And what was this? As you know, Goldie Hawn oh, no. has been in a long-standing relationship with Kurt Russell, who was, you know, in It Having the World's Fair with Help. Cool. I was pantomiming, pulling a thread, and just <laughs> during my little dramatic pause. Something only for Morgan's benefit. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're moving on to Doc. Yeah. Because in any group of dudes, there's always got to be a Doc. I mean, that's just like a, a given. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's always, it's like this, it's like a play on it because he's the one that's like a bit more the dopey character. 
Right. But they call him Doc. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Hawkins. I like him. I liked his character. Yeah. It was fun. It was really cute. So he's going to appear in one future Elvis movie. Okay. And mostly did a lot of TV, but he actually, his, his credited film debut, he played the youngest son to Jimmy Stewart's character in It's a Wonderful Life, Tommy Bailey. Oh. So he got started pretty young. He was a kid actor. Wow. Holy jeez. Next up. We've got, yeah, did you catch what the, the dancer's name is? Like her stage name or at least just? No, I didn't. She's Sunny Days. Oh, that's fun. D-A-Z-E. That's fun. <laughs> She's played by Nita Talbot. Yeah, tell us about Nita. Yeah, long She's career, cool. like 152 her. credits, lots of TV. She had a seven episode recurring guest run between the 67 and 68, whatever season that was of Hogan's Heroes. Okay. And she was actually nominated for an Emmy Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Hmm. She's fabulous. Yeah. I like her a lot. I, ho- I wish she was in more Elvis movies. Every Elvis movie with this dancer, I wish it had been replaced by this actress because <laughs> I just liked her so much more than I liked any of the other like archetypal dancers like the G.I. Blues lady and, and all of them. They should have just been this chick. If this chick had been in G.I. Blues, that baby would have shut up a <laughs> lot quicker. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> she would have put that baby to sleep. <laughs> permanently mm-hmm. then we have dina shepherd yeah the bad girl yeah the bad girl in the year before this she was in the movie get yourself a college girl which was another beach party movie yeah she's gonna appear in a future elvis movie okay the actress's name is mary ann mobley mm-hmm. and then the italian actor fabrizio mioni yeah who plays romano arlada yes he was also in get yourself a college girl oh. he played armand in that movie <laughs> And then the Sarge. So there's a scene where yeah, there's a they, scene they, with they, maybe the most chaotic brawl that we've ever had so far. Yeah, and that's saying it something. Was wild. Yeah. The, 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 it's basically like a, an entire bar brawl. Like everybody. Yeah, every single person. There's, there's, and like the girls are in on it. They're mm-hmm. beating people up with chairs and one person gets like trampled or something. Yeah. Two guys throw Elvis into a bin and he like gets knocked out. Like it's crazy. This is after, it's of really course, crazy. the the... You know, the cat's out of the bag that Valerie learns that Elvis has been around her because yes. he was hired by her father. But she thinks that he yeah. was literally hired to like woo her and stuff, which is not what no. it was. He was just supposed to keep an eye on. Yeah. But she, so she agrees to go with the Italian because the Italian loves bringing her yeah. to crazy clubs. I, I actually enjoyed that too. When when her dad calls her and, and he's like, well, yeah, I they have a little moment. Show you a good time, you know, and she's like, you're an asshole, daddy, blah, blah, blah. She hangs up. And then, and I, I actually really enjoyed this. She's like, because Elvis should have told her what was going on before getting, you know, all schmoozy with her. But she calls up the Italian and she's like, you can take me out tonight. And I don't care where we go so long as it's super messed up. And yeah. he's like, all right. And so they take her dancing and she gets drunk off her butt. And then, of course, Elvis shows up and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you got to earn your paycheck. <laughs> yeah. She gets up on the stage and starts doing a, yeah, a starts, routine. Starts doing a striptease. Yeah. And that devolves I into a brawl. I thought that was really yeah. fun. Yeah, and, I really like that. And like you said, everyone's in on it. She's like kicking people off the stage. Yeah, she's, when they're trying to get at her. There's like, I love too, like the, the fighting with the girls is not like super violent. Like the boys are like, like really, you know, kicking the shit out of each other. Oh yeah, full on fists to the face. But the girls are like falling on things. One girl hits somebody with a chair, but yes. like they go up <laughs> to fight the, the good girl on stage and she's just like lightly pushing them with her feet and they're falling down and being like, ah. <laughs> And then all the girls wind up in the prison and that's going to lead us to the sergeant. And there's a couple of cops and yes. they have a, a little little couple of scenes there. So we were just talking about Doc and we were talking about... So speaking of child actors, yeah, the guy who plays the Sarge is Jackie Coogan. Yeah. Who is he? He played the kid uh-huh. in 1921's The Kid with Charlie Chaplin. Oh. He was like oh the gosh. first 
ever child star in Hollywood. Child act- Holy jeez. That's crazy. He's the reason we have all those freaking laws for child actors and stuff. Jackie <laughs> Coogan. So it's crazy. Wow. All these decades later, he's a grown man and he's playing a sergeant in this movie. It's a little cameo. Movie. Yeah, an Elvis That's- movie. Also, probably better known around this time for playing Uncle Fester in The Addams Family. Oh. Alongside oh. Carolyn Jones, who played Morticia, who was in King Creole with Elvis. Oh, that's pretty good. Who else? Who's next? I have John Fiedler. Yeah. He's the guy who was the owner of the hotel, Mr. Penchill. Oh, yes. So I know this one, so I can do Go it. ahead. John Fiedler is the voice of Piglet in the old... Um, Winnie the Pooh movies in the, in the first he actually the Pooh movies. I just wanted to specify he voiced Piglet from 68 to 2005 oh he's like the OG yes OG voice he literally voice. stopped voicing that's Piglet fun. because he died he died <laughs> yeah but that's okay. like a really long run yes yeah so most people might know him as the voice of Piglet Matt and I know him from 12 Angry Men he's juror number two yes and we really like him in that movie <laughs> yeah and he's great in this does a great job he yeah. feels he's a really good he's a good actor he's a really good actor yeah well, I originally mistook him i thought it, it he was uh one of the recurring actors that shows up in a lot of elvis movies as that kind of yeah mcnear of who was like the yeah. the banker and the yeah the, the, the hotel travel agent up, something like that blue, yeah, yeah traveling yeah and i have two noteworthy uncredited people okay so beverly adams who we talked about just last week is that the chick that she's she's credited as girl number two i didn't actually i wasn't able to pick her out this time around oh. she was in about as one of the dancers the one that was in the shower that one part that i pointed oh out. i see remember because I, I made a big deal of it just because she played yes. lovey craves it in those matt hell movies and i was finally able to name drop all four Ah, uh, yes yes but i'm bringing her back up again because well she's back right. but also because the same year this movie came out she was in how to stuff a wild bikini which is number <laughs> six out of seven of the beach party movies the <laughs> official the beach, party beach party movies yeah I think How to Stuff a Wild Bikini is the best name for a beach party. And then the other guy, ten out of ten. who's also yeah. in this movie and was also in a previous beach party like official entry. Who is he? So there's the part where one of the bandmates, one of their yeah. side girls that they've been trying oh, to pursue. right. He tries to, yes. like, they, they explain, like, the situation. Because, of course, they keep getting interrupted and they have to keep going after Valerie because she goes off. So he's like, you got to, let me explain it. She's like, forget about it. I've, I've got a new guy. I got Charlie. And he's like, oh, yeah, Charlie. Pff, oh, let me see this Charlie. I'll break him in half. Yeah. And this freaking muscle man. This guy is too big. Like, I saw that guy, and my first instinct is going to sound inappropriate, but my first instinct was that that poor woman, (laughs) that poor, poor woman, she looks like he will, like, put her into bed and break her (laughs) the moment she lays herself on the mattress. It's just, it's a lot. I was frightened. I was frightened for her. I was like, holy jeez. Times must have been different if people, if, if a girl thought that's what sexy was. Oh, my God. Jeez Louise. Okay, but... He is very handsome, though. Sure. And th- and then when I looked up who he was... Who is he? So he appeared the year prior. His debut, he played Muscle Man, Biff, <laughs> in Muscle Beach Party, which was the second out of the seven okay. of the Beach Party movies. He played Biff the Muscle Man. Yeah. But he's best known in his later career. He, like, grew out a big old freaking beard. Yeah. He played the titular Grizzly Adams in The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. I don't know that one, Matt. I'm sorry. Google it right now. I just need you to Google it just so you can look at what he looks like. Just type What's in Grizzly Adams. Wait, so he's Dan Haggerty? Dan Haggerty. Oh my God, this guy. No, no way. This guy? I know. That's just so bizarre. And like he kept that look for like his whole 70s and stuff. Man, I got to tell you, 
this guy looks exactly like my grandfather. Wow. Yeah. My you can tell this is where my grandfather got his like look from is from Grizzly Adams for sure. Like the same hair, the same beard, all of it. It's the same. The thing is, before I started watching the movie, I did a quick check of just like the cast list to see if I would see any names. And I saw Dan right. Haggerty and I got excited. Yeah. And then I forgot that I'd I'd read that. Uh-huh. And then when I went back to check, I was like, wait. Oh yeah, Dan Haggerty was supposed to be in this. Where the hell was he? And then I was like, wait, what? This like chiseled, like clean shaven muscle man was Dan Haggerty? That's so funny. I love that. Yes. Okay, that's it Holy for the geez. cast. That's it. That's all. It- oh, okay. Well, I think that's. I mean, that's I could I could mention just briefly that no, the, the, no, the 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 big the the like big jock dude is the same big jock dude yeah. who was in Roustabout. Oh yeah. Norm Grabowski. Right. He's the one who was yelling for wolf call. He's like, do wolf call, do wolf call. Yeah, do wolf call. And he helps. He he's the one who like uh, headlines the group to help Elvis break into prison. There's a scene where they have to like dig a tunnel into prison. It's all shenanigans. Yes. Yeah. Let's just finish off with some factoids. All right, let's talk about them. So when we were talking about the music, I was surprised you didn't bring up that for a few of the songs, they like sped it up slightly and Elvis's voice sounds higher than usual. Oh, I did notice that there were some songs that he was hitting a note that I was like, no, that's new. But no, I didn't notice that they had been sped up actually. Specifically the title track, Girl Happy, you can hear it. Oh. I think maybe it wasn't, they wanted to just like jazz it up more and like make it more fast paced so they literally just sped it up a little bit and so his voice goes up a bit higher but it's like yeah that's it okay she thought oh he's gonna go off for like five more factoids i did i know i think a lot of people come to the elvis podcast probably more for your factoids than for my attitude (laughs) so probably shouldn't be so crass about it but i don't know man sometimes i'm just like a little tuned out there's only so much movie magic i can stuff into my tiny pigeon brain mat I'm here for Elvis shake his little tush and go wah, wah, wah. I'm going to sing a song. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next week we're going to watch... Um, wait, 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 wait. I can do it. I can do it. Yep. Uh, we're going to watch... Uh, no, I don't remember what it is. I can't remember We're going to watch Tickle Me, Tickle Me. <laughs> okay. That's the name of it. <laughs> we're going to watch Tickle Me. Yes. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for staying engaged. Thanks for making it this far. You're the only reason we're doing this. Just kidding. We're actually doing it because we like it. Because <laughs> we, cause we've, we give, we've, yeah. <laughs> we can't stop now. No, we can't. We're not quitters. That's really the main reason. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us. And to that, we will say thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you very, very much. much.